ready, Captain. All right, Jericho. Come on back into the uh, worship area. Top up your coffee quickly and join us. As you know, in this uh, series uh, called Your Kingdom Come that we've been focusing on God's kingdom, we have had uh, very intentionally uh, a number of uh, people speaking that you normally don't get to hear. And uh, today we get to hear uh, Sandy Young. And um, usually you probably see Sandy at the bottom of the stairs outside, welcoming, greeting, uh, or he's passing the offering bags and that, things, that type of thing. Um, but he has a long, um, illustrious career as a, as a pastor, as well as a minister. And we're just blessed to have him here. Both him and Muriel have been such a joy and a blessing to Jericho Ridge. And uh, thank you. So I want to invite Sandy to come on up, and uh, he's uh, been preparing. I want to pray for you, Sandy, and, uh, and then, yeah, let's do that. Lord God, we thank you that you have provided us with your word as a revelation of who you are. We thank you that your spirit is here, living in us, dwelling among us, leading us into truth, and uh, doing that this morning through Sandy. And so we pray your blessing upon him. We pray that your spirit would have freedom to speak and to teach and to lead us into truth this morning. Thank you for your servant. Would you bless and anoint him? We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Appreciate it. When I saw little Josh get up and give his uh, assent to following Jesus... Uh, it reminded me of when I was 9.7 years old. At the beach, I found Jesus. And I remember coming out of the cottage where I had found the Lord. And I said right out loud, I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven when I die. I was just almost 10. I said that right out loud. And a man was repairing his cottage roof. I could see him about 100 feet away doing something with a chimney. And he said, you can't know that. That's a lot of garbage. <gasps> Wow, well, I was an impressionable 10-year-old, almost 10-year-old, and I thought, oh, my, does he mean that? Because we were always taught to follow what our elders said. But I knew that peace I had uh, let me know that those words were not true from that man. Anyway, I think of Josh today. It's a precious time in life. We're turning to Matthew 12, 22 to 28. The message this morning is the kingdom of God and healing. The kingdom of God and healing, healing of the body, James 5.14, that passage that is the umbrella for the church, for praying for the sick. But let's look at this text, Matthew 12.22-28. Then they brought Jesus, a demon-possessed man, who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him, so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, Could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? But if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? 
so then they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Remember those words. The kingdom of God is here now. It's come upon us from that time on. Come back with me to 1984. My wife and I were pastoring our second church in Port Hope, Ontario, a Baptist church. I was a Baptist for 25 years, and we worked together in that church. And uh, after being there a couple of years or so, we saw something that was interesting. It was a, an announcement that came our way in the size of a flyer. And this flyer apparently was, was printed in some of the major newspapers in the world, New York and London and Johannesburg and Moscow. And this is what the announcement said. The Lord Maitreya has come. He is now somewhere in the desert regions awaiting the time when he will reveal himself to his followers. Be aware of a new kingdom about to appear. Citizens of the world, the time is at hand. Wow. And, and having some knowledge of the scripture, I thought, this is interesting. A new kingdom, eh? Well, I know the kingdom we're a part of, the kingdom our Lord initiated. But I wonder what this is about. Well, time passed. And this Lord Maitreya didn't show up. But I found out recently that he did come to Nairobi in Kenya on June the 11th, 1988, which is 29 years ago today. He didn't make much of a stir because we didn't read about it in the newspapers. But it makes us remember the words of Jesus. In the last time there shall be deceivers. There shall be deceivers and false Christs. And we need to be aware of that. Because that is happening today. But this morning I want to talk about the true kingdom. The kingdom that you appreciate as the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is already here. And that the healing ministry is a vital part of this kingdom. Jesus came to, see, to save, to heal, and to release people from the power of the enemy, and that has not changed. Any amens? That has not changed. If we know the scriptures, we cannot be cessationists, because God is just the same. The question is, what are we going to do with these kind of texts? They stand before us very clearly in the scripture. Well, pastors Brad and Wally and others of you have brought some very good messages on the kingdom. And I, I've noticed and we've listened with great interest and we've learned. Thank you very much for those. That we need to hear. Especially nice to hear some of our new preachers rising up within the church. But what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? It's simply, in its ultimate sense, the rule of God over all the earth. That's what he intends your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's really simple. Currently, God isn't ruling over all the earth in perfect peace and harmony, is he? But the kingdom of God now is the rule of God in the hearts of men and women and guys like Joshua, young people, teenagers, who have willingly given themselves over to God through Jesus Christ and are walking in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. That's what he means. It's here within us. That makes it kind of personal, doesn't it? Kind of exciting. I believe there are three parts or phases chronologically to the kingdom of God. The first is when the kingdom was initiated on earth with Jesus coming. Jesus came into the world. He died for our sins. He rose again. And that changes everything. But he also poured out the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit energized him, first of all, so that he could work works of power. That's Matthew 12. The second kingdom event is the power of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, not only for the use of Jesus and the disciples and the leaders, but upon all people. Pentecost was for everyone. Every one of those 120 people in that upper room were filled with the Holy Spirit. Every one of them. And their lives were changed. The third installment of the kingdom of God will come in its fullness. The consummation of all things. When heaven comes down to earth through the new Jerusalem. And the new Jerusalem will come down upon earth and God the Father will come with it. And we will live here on earth in our glorified bodies forever and ever. This world will be renewed. That's going to be the end of all things, isn't it? But it hasn't come yet. And this whole picture is predicated upon the foundational prayer uttered by Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, if Christ taught us to pray this prayer, when we asked him, Lord, teach us to pray, if he taught us this prayer, then it's a prayer that's going to be answered, both now and ultimately. Because God always answers the prayers of his son. And it's already been answered in its first two installments. Christ coming in power to save, to heal, and then the Spirit coming to infiltrate, to fill every Christian so we could get the work done. That first uh, is very interesting. Jesus came into the world, and of course he had to prove himself, didn't he? There was a man possessed of an evil spirit. He couldn't speak or hear. And Jesus healed him freeing him of this spirit. And he makes a very interesting comment here. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now, he's speaking right then, almost 2,000 years ago. As he did this, that was indicative of the fact that a greater spirit had come to take over Satan's domain. So we see there's a new kingdom here. Jesus was demonstrating by the Holy Spirit power how to bring kingdom power to bear upon the works of Satan. We notice the man was healed. He was released. God's kingdom had come in some measure upon the life of this man. It didn't come everywhere, but it came where Jesus prayed and where his disciples prayed, in pockets, little pockets of revival and healing. I enjoyed being the privileged speaker at a, a Christian conference center for two summers, and I had a week, and they they said, Sandy, you've got 10 messages. You better get ready. So I said, okay. So the last evening was a Sunday evening. And I said to the director of this camp, I said, now, I'd like to have a healing meeting. Oh, you're, you're a Baptist, aren't you? You're a Mennonite bread. Yeah, yeah, I said, I am. Yeah, yeah, I said, I am. And he said, now, we don't want any grandstanding here. Meaning, you know, the, you, you've got to do this calmly and quietly and biblically. I said, oh yeah, we, no grandstanding is needed. We're just going by the scriptures, James 5.14. We don't need any more than that, do we? James 5.14, that's the pattern. So uh, I said, no, I'm ready for it. And he said, well, we're ready too. We'll stand with you. So there was Jim and another elder and myself. And at the end of that service, we just said, okay, folks, any of you who want to be prayed for, come on up. Just come on up one at a time and sit in this chair. And we use James 5.14. That's a safe formula for the church today. That has not changed. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them come up and let them pray over him 
anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. That's what God says. That's God's promise. So we came upon that basis. It was a safe foundation. So people started coming up, and there was one man coming up who, who didn't seem well. He was <sighs> breathing very laboriously, and someone said, he's got lung problem. The doctors are very concerned about Harry. So I said, well, said, Harry, sit down here. We anointed him and prayed for him in the name of Jesus, not knowing what would happen. And after we did this, he got up and <gasps> he says, I'm healed. I can breathe. Oh, I'm, this is a miracle. Well, there's quite a little stir in that group. There's only about 50 people there. It wasn't a big group. Quite a little stir there. And others came up, and we prayed for them one after another, and uh, no one seemed to be noticeably healed. I don't know what happened to them, but they all agreed to be prayed for. Maybe God touched them later on. But in this case, God touched Harry immediately, indicating a kingdom event. The power of God through the Holy Spirit was overcoming sickness. And that's what he wants to do today. I believe that passionately. The concern is, why isn't everybody healed? I don't know. And I think if we set up boundaries and say, well, you weren't healed because of this, you hammer people, you discourage them. Because ultimately, God knows why they aren't healed. It could be lack of faith. It could be they have unforgiveness in their hearts. It could be they're only half interested. I mean, there's got to be something moving you toward being healed, doesn't there? There has to be a desire and so on. But Catherine Kuhlman, do you remember her? Some of you older people remember her. We went down and heard her at O'Keefe Center. She was a, called a faith healer. I loved that woman. I just loved hearing her. And when she came and prayed for people, some of them were healed and some weren't. And they asked her, they said, Sister Kuhlman, why is it that most of the people that come to these meetings of yours to be healed, walk out unhealed. And she said, I don't know. Some are healed, I don't know. You see, I'm not in management, I'm just a servant. We're not in management. We don't dictate what God has to do. But we pray on the basis of these promises, James 5.14, and then we say, Lord Jesus, glorify your name. He's got to get the glory. And if we want a grandstand and get attention, forget it. Because God must be glorified. Jesus came with power to usher in a new kingdom, and that power has not been rescinded at all. I've talked to pastors over 40 years, and they're so sure, no, this isn't for today, Pastor. This, this concluded with the death of the apostles and the completion of the canon of Scripture. And I said, well, read 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, we've read it, and we understand it. Well, so they don't pray very often for the sick because they, they wonder if God would work. The kingdom of God is alive and well today because of what Jesus came to do. Number two, the kingdom of God came with power for many on the occasion of Pentecost. A new chapter opens for the church after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. Remember what he said to the church? Acts 1 verse 4, don't leave Jerusalem. So there's a time to wait don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised. Okay, now, as in James 5.14, we've got a promise. So they took the promise seriously. And then Jesus interpreted that and said, you're going to wait because Acts 1 and 8 says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Samaria and Judea, and unto the ends of the world. And that's what's happening today. People are going out all over the world in the power of God's Spirit with the gospel. They're doing that. You will receive power. Do you have the power? Do you have the power that frees you from fear of men? Do you have the power that gives you a love for people so that you don't, you're not concerned what they're going to say? You love them so much you want them to hear the gospel. You know, I, I wrestle with fear sometimes. My big fear is I don't want people to think I'm a fanatic. And sometimes they do. But I just say, Lord, this person, and you test them with a few words and they're interested. You give them a tract. You talk to them. Can I pray for you? Yes. They will open up. You have to test the waters. God keeps his promises. And on the, Holy, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. What an event that must have been. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That's what he says. When Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost, he has to interpret this event for the Jews all around from different nations. He says, this isn't a new thing. This is something that Joel, back in the Old Testament, foresaw. He was quoting Joel chapter 2. There it is. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on all who believe. You see, Jesus is sharing himself in power with the church. And he's doing that today. He's doing that today. I had a real surprise one morning a few years ago when Pastor Dan came to the church to pray with me. Um, there was a church seven miles down the road from us. He's, he was a good Pentecostal brother. I was a Baptist. That didn't make any difference. Who cares? We love the same Jesus. So I'd go to his church for an hour and a half to pray on a Tuesday morning, and then Dan would come over to our church in Wheatley to pray. Well, this morning was Tuesday, and Dan was coming my way, and I was having a bad morning. Do you ever have that? Oh, the pastors don't have bad mornings. Yes, occasionally they do. I was kind of down. You know, I just thought, oh. And then Dan came in the door. I thought, oh, no, I'm not ready to pray with him. But I will pray with him because you overcome these things, don't you, <laughs> with God's help. He came in like this. Oh, he says, I've hurt my back. He says, I can't straighten up. And then he came over to the desk. There was my secretary there, and I was standing here. And he says, but pastor, if you pray for me in the name of Jesus, I will be healed immediately. Oh, I thought, Dan, couldn't you have come some other day? I'm not at my best. <laughs> what do you mean at your best? It's God that does the healing. If anything happens, it's him, isn't it? But I said, all right, all right, Dan. I reached out and touched him in the name of Jesus, and immediately he got up. He, was, he says, I am healed. I am healed. God has healed me. Praise the Lord. Well, he started talking about that around town, and then he had a faith healer come to his church. He was a real charismatic. And this Dan got up and said, you know, Pastor Sandy from the Baptist church prayed for me, and I was healed. I said, wait a minute, Pastor, could I come up front? There were about 100 people there. I said, listen, when I prayed for your pastor, I was in a kind of a tough situation. I wasn't feeling very good. I was a little down. And I said, he had such faith that God did the healing. It wasn't me. So quit talking about Sandy Young. That was God. God filled in the blanks. And that was wonderful. God has healed me. That was a kingdom event that Dan had. But you may say, oh, well, that's easy. You're both pastors. You and Pastor Dan have all this theological experience and you're prayer warriors and everything. I said, wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's not what it says. 
God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. All people. Have we got that? Whoever you are, whatever age you're at, if you're a believer and if you'll be open to God's Holy Spirit, He will touch you and He'll, he'll use you through His Spirit. Then Jesus commissions His disciples. Matthew 16. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Go. He sends them out. Now they're equipped. They have the Holy Spirit before they weren't equipped. Then he says in verses 17 and 18, These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. I've seen that happen. I've seen it happen personally. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. Now, it doesn't mean we're to join a a Southern Baptist cult or whatever it is and pick up snakes and see if they'll bite us. We're thinking of the time when Paul was on the island of Malta and he was ministering to the people there and an adder fixed itself to the apostle's hand and he shook it off into the fire. That's what that means. It doesn't mean we're, we're to fool around with snakes. It just means if you're bitten, God will look after you while you're serving him. If they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. Will they always get well? I don't know. But I know that he says this and so we do it. And we let him interpret the results to glorify himself. Because he knows what we need. That's the biggest kingdom event ever. Is those signs following the believers. Then they went out preaching and healing the sick. I want to go back 42 years. It was our first church. Muriel and I were quite young. It was in Montreal. It was a little church, about 50 people, mainly older folks, down by the river. It was damp. It was a kind of a semi-slum. And it wasn't an easy go because some of the church people were difficult. I won't elaborate on that. But we were there for about eight months and we were ministering and preaching and visiting them and trying to be a, a, a good pastoral team. And within a few days, Muriel's knuckles and hands and wrists and elbows began to swell. Within a week, she could hardly move them. Real pain. I said, let's go and see the doctor. I I believe in doctors, okay? We went to see the doctor, and he said, Muriel, you're young to have this. This looks like rheumatoid arthritis, and it's moving fast. You're going to need help. What kind of help he suggested I don't recall but we went out into the car and we shed a tear or two and then we said Lord you have not brought us here to break us we've come to Montreal to share the gospel when I went to head office they said we've got one church left for you Sandy it's a little church down in Verdun by the river you're going to have to knock on doors to get just what I want to do is knock on doors I like knocking on doors I'm not afraid of people And we did. We knocked on them. We had a Sunday school and everything. But we'd only been in this for eight or nine months and Muriel's fingers are swelling up and we're thinking, oh, this could be the end of this ministry. And unless God intervenes, we're going to have to get out of this cold, this damp climate. So what we did was we we called upon a couple of people that we knew believed in James 5.14. One man came from a distance. He was a good friend. Another fellow was in our church and the three of us got together and we anointed Muriel with oil in the name of the Lord. The next day, those fingers started to straighten up. Within two days, the pain was gone. Muriel can attest to that. She was healed. God healed her. Now, that might have been a trick of the enemy. I don't know what it was, but God does. And we used James 5.14 in that, in that event. 
And we praise Him. These signs shall follow those who believe. And those who pay the price spiritually. You see, they're not for the nonchalant church. These signs are not given to the easygoing Christian. I believe they're given to the men and women who are going to get serious for God and who are going to seek His face. Amen? That's right. Oh, I'd like these gifts, Father. Why don't you help me to heal people? No, no. Two weeks ago, Peter Ash talked about suffering and he said, God does not give His power to those who haven't learned to suffer. Suffering meaning carrying on for God faithfully, enduring overcoming, he gives his grace and power to the people who have learned to suffer, whom he can trust. They come sometimes through prayer and fasting. I talked to someone recently, a fine Christian person, about that. Oh, fasting. He said, I never do that. I never fast. Do you, do you ever fast? Do you ever get so desperate for God for an answer? You see, I'm going to skip breakfast. No, don't skip breakfast. That's the main meal of the day. Skip lunch or supper. And, and take that time and get along with God. And, and as you miss that meal, your mind is sharpened. Your determination is quickened. And God sees that. And He's a little more likely to see the integrity there in your heart and be able to entrust you with something. I believe this, that every time we pray for someone, the door to their solution opens a little bit more. Just a little more. So we pray for different people at different times. Jeremiah had it well. He said, you will seek me and find me if you search for me with your whole heart. And I want to do that. I don't want to be a nonchalant Christian. You know, it's so easy when you're retired and you have a decent pension. You don't have to, I don't have to work. My wife doesn't have to work. We're fine. We can take a cruise once in a while, maybe uh, get out to a restaurant once a year, you know, (laughs) you know. And, and it would be very easy to say, I deserve this. I've worked hard for 40 years in ministry. This is my time. Well, it is good to have time with your family. We do have time together. We have some great times. But this is also a time to get serious about God again. I read a book once by Steve Farrar called Finishing Strong. And I don't believe there's a man here who is a Christian who loves Jesus who wants to finish in a wishy-washy way. We want to finish strong. We can guarantee that by spending time with God. And as we seek God and wait upon Him and let His Spirit fill us and use us as we go out and listen to people, and that's a, that's a great gift. Most people don't listen. If you're willing to listen to people and be kind to them, that's the power of the Holy Spirit coming through and they're going to hear things from you that they wouldn't normally hear because you're a listener and you're there to serve them. People who serve people are special. And if that happens, we're going to see little pockets happening. Pockets of revival, pockets of blessing, breaking out in our neighborhood. You know, we can say we're not waiting for the kingdom of God to come. That is, that is erroneous. It's almost heretical. The kingdom of God is here right now. Don't fool yourself. The power of God is here right now. But we have to avail ourselves of that. We have to get serious. I remember one time in, in uh, Port Hope, a wonderful woman died. And Dennis came up to me and said, Pastor, why did Marion die? She was a wonderful Christian. I said, I don't know ultimately, but I think this. I think we could be a little less lukewarm than we are. A little less lukewarm. Fire ahead. 
It's here now. But we must welcome it with an undistracted diligence. I like that. We have to welcome the power of God in this kingdom with undistracted diligence. Thirdly and lastly, and this is my last point, the kingdom of God will come in its fullness when the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven. This shocked me about 10 years ago when I was doing a sermon on heaven. Did you know heaven is temporary? All the people up there in heaven aren't always going to be up there because they're all coming down in the new Jerusalem and we'll all, millions of us, will live on earth in our glorified bodies forever. Now the one thing that I'm not fond of concerning this, it says there'll be no more sea. So we'll have a lot more space, but I guess we won't be able to swim so much as we used to. God will work that out anyway. The new Jerusalem is coming down. And if you believe Revelation chapter 21, it talks about that. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth had passed away. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. The old order of things has passed away. That means ultimate healing, no more sickness, no more hospitals. What what will our doctors and nurses do? I don't know. God will have something for them. Don't worry about it. All those things will be done away. The old order. This is what we've been longing for. This is what we missed in the Garden of Eden, our ultimate completeness. But we're not there yet. We are still at stage number two, the Pentecostal age, the age of the Holy Spirit, when God is available throughout the world to those who receive Him and live in His power and be obedient. This is truly the day of the church across the world with its victories, with its setbacks, with its persecution. Thousands of Christians are dying every day in the third world for their faith. They're imprisoned. They're locked up. Chris and Anita have lost the possessions of their home, and that's terrible. I grieve over that. But some people are losing their lives and their children. Everything's being taken from them because they they love God. So our Lord's Prayer is being answered in this stage before our very eyes. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that is in heaven. So I would say this to you, brothers and sisters. Stir up the gift of God that is within you. God has given every one of you something. I don't know what it is. But maybe you were working in that area a few years ago. Maybe you were teaching Sunday school. Maybe you were reaching out boldly. Maybe you had a confidence then in Christ. And you don't have it now. You've, you've slipped away from it. Well, life is busy. We're occupied, aren't we? God understands that. Sure he does. But we've got to find time for him. We've got to get back to him. And you know, if you stir up the gift of God within you, some of these giftings will come back. He'll revisit you. He'll quicken you through the the Holy Spirit for healing, freeing, and comforting those who are struggling. And the great gift is listening to people. Remember one time uh, we were called to a home in our church. This is 35 years ago. The home had evil spirits in it. Uh, Pastor, would you come and and pray and, and clear these evil spirits out? I said, what are they like? Loud noises, doors slamming, things happening, and we're in bed. 
I said, okay. So I, I looked at my, at my deacons, my elders of my church. There was only one man. They're all good elders, but there was only man, one man who said, I'll go with you. I appealed to all of them. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, we we're not too, not too sure of that, Pastor. I, I don't know. It's kind of scary, evil spirits. I don't know if we believe in them. Well, you better believe in them because they're around. Amen? They're around. This is reality. So Clarence came with me, big Clarence, six foot three, came along with me. We went into that home, and we went from room to room, and we said, in the name of Jesus, we command every evil spirit to get out of here. Get out. We did that in every room. And then we went back to the Sherwood family two weeks later. How is your house? Oh, we haven't heard a sound. Those noises are gone. See, he'll give us power over evil spirits. Now, I don't understand all of that, and I'm not an expert in that, but it just says that this is available, and this is something we can learn about and realize that these gifts are there for the church today. You see, he has come by the Holy Spirit to overcome the works of the enemy. And I would just say this, let the will of heaven be done on earth through you. And you and you. And I, I'm telling you, this is one of the finest churches we've been in. Do you know why? Because you're kind. You're a serving church. You're out at the, the women's home. You're out in the mission fields. You're out giving and helping. This, this pleases God. This is wonderful. Just keep it up. And realize that you have, you have power. You have authority in Jesus' name. Only because of Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank you for again speaking to our hearts about these issues, for clarifying what is ours in you and only because of you. We just ask, Lord, that you will quicken us, you will stir us, that we won't go away without hearing what you have to say to each one of us regarding these truths. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. There'll be people to pray for you if you want to stay behind over on this side and this side, and then we'll have some more worship. And it may be during this worship time with our, our wonderful group here, we've got one of the finest bands, I believe, in the church world, that you'll want to rededicate your life to God. Why not make that an opportunity to say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. God bless you.